The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey IDP Army, ever think about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. What's up, IDP Army? We are back again with another episode of the IDP Army podcast. I am your host, Jordan Reigns, at 50 Shades of Drunk, if you are on the Twitterverse. I'm joined tonight by the man, the myth, the legend, Billy Manzel, at Hombra Vendor, the, the, a key cog, potentially, could we, could we say the leader, the leader of Offensive Points Podcast? Uh, I would, you know, we're all co-hosts, so I won't say any, I'm the one guy, but I will definitely say I play a key role. Don't, don't put any labels on it, but we know who the boss is. So, guys, we are going to bring you a, a badass episode, so stick around. We'll be back in one sec. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. We are back and we are going to talk about some of the some of our notes from week one of training camp. There was a big event all day long on NFL uh, NFL Network. If you watch that, you've been paying attention. We had some big news. Um, I'm just going to rattle off a couple of things. Big news wise, Nick Chubb got paid, extended three years, thirty six point six million dollars, 20 million guaranteed for who some call the best running back in football right now. Uh, Trey Lance was out there balling today. No surprise uh, to anyone who pays any real attention. But uh, yeah, I hope you have him in your super flex leagues. We'll talk about that in a second. Devontae Freeman, washed, unwashed, doesn't matter. He's now on the Saints <laughs> as a backup running back, I assume. Uh, yeah, heard some good things about Noah Fant coming out of camp. Uh, Brett Hudley got signed with the Colts because Carson Wentz hurt his little foot. Billy, what 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 is what are you excited about or not excited about? We have so much coming at us today. A thing I'm not excited about that would be Sam Darnold. He needs to uh, needs to improve, especially for those Terrace Marshall truthers out there. And I know there are many, so I really need him to start stepping it up. And Saul, your boy Jameis, is getting QB one reps today. I was pretty excited, boy. pretty excited to see that too. That was a, another good one. Oh, and then Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo, this poor soul. He just he <laughs> he cannot help himself at this point. I I really I I need him to to be good for a little bit so Trey Lance could come in and like overshadow and just blow him away. That would be great. 
Yeah, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but it was a good day for Jameis. Like you said, I think that it's going to be tough for him without the weapons, you know, that he had necessarily. I mean, he had Mike Evans. He had Chris Godwin. Um, had my, had Michael Thomas. Thomas. Had Michael Thomas. Well, I don't know if my <laughs> my opinion of Michael Thomas has always been a little bit different than most people's. Um, I always thought he'd been overrated for fantasy and in real life. But that's neither here nor there. He's basically, again, for what is it, the third year in a row, he's going to miss serious time, be completely fantasy irrelevant. So yeah, what are you going to do? <clears throat> Don't like um, that injury. Yeah. Well, I mean, of all the things that I mentioned right off the bat, you know, I think, you know, Nick Chubb, I mean, that's not super-duper newsworthy. We kind of knew that the Browns were going to keep him It's around. good that it got done. It's It needed to get done before the season, or either him or Baker, whichever one they were going to do. One of them needed to get done before the season because the other one's going to have to happen – you know, whatever happens this season is going to lead to whatever, you know, the other one getting paid, which will be Baker in this case, if it's a good season. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it needed to get done. And, you know, the the, the, the cap's going to go up, so they'll have a little bit more room to play with next mm-hmm. year. Um, other big news is IDP news. Justin Houston signed a one-year deal with the uh, the Ravens uh, before he went to the Colts two years ago when he left the Chiefs. They had interest in him, and he ended up signing a one-year deal. I've seen some people already say that he's going to be irrelevant for fantasy. These people are so – they don't give you any real reason or context. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. They say, oh, he'll just play 600-ish snaps, and that won't make him fantasy relevant. He's played basically 650 snaps every year the past three years, and he's been very fantasy relevant. Maybe not super elite, but two years ago, he finished as a, a top 12 defensive lineman playing like 650 snaps. The year before that, he was top 12, mm-hmm. had like 11 sacks, played like 700 snaps. Um, he gets tackles. He gets tackles for loss. He's a disruptive player. Those people, they're just talking out of their ass straight up and down, in my opinion. Um, even if he rotates in and out, that's all he's ever done. You know, the last three, the last three seasons, he's been a rotational defensive end. He's been fantasy relevant. So... Um, I think he's a big boon to that pass rush. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I think this might be like uh, like Yannick and Gakwe f- fatigue because he signed there last way- last year and everybody was like, well, he's going to be definitely fantasy relevant. Let me try to make him in the one. And then, you know, he had a middling year, not nothing, nothing spectacular. So I think it was more of just like people are like, oh, here we go again. Another supposed big signing that wants to make a Super Bowl run with him. And I think people are just like, well, he's going to become irrelevant because that's what happened to Yannick last year. Yeah. And Even he, though they're not related at all. Yeah. And he wasn't, I mean, Yannick has always been the way these guys score. It is very boom bust. You know, Yannick's not a stat sheet, uh, stat sheet stuffer with the tackles. Justin Houston has not been in recent times either, but they do get the sack. So they have the boom weeks. Um, so I think the idea that he's not going to be fantasy relevant, it's just that's just complete and total noise. Ignore that. He's exactly. a zero DL target. You can play him, you know, play matchups with him. He's going to do what he does pretty much every year. He'll get seven to 11 sacks. He'll probably play 600 to 700 snaps, and he'll be very fantasy relevant. Um, yeah. Fun fact, fun fact, actually, I was researching this earlier for the people who want to know the truth about this situation. If you go look, Carl Lawson last year, uh, who everybody in the IDP community besides myself is like obsessed with. He plays uh, over 100 more snaps than Justin Houston last year for the Colts. Over mm-hmm. 100 more. He scored less fantasy points than Justin Houston last year. Those are just the facts. So if anyone's telling you that Justin Houston's washed and he can't do anything, and then with this next breath they're telling you that Carl Lawson's the next big thing in, in IDP, 
you know, and they say, oh, he's the next con. He'll play the Nick Bosa role. You know, he's going to get 700 plus snaps. Nick Bosa played, you know, he played 700 snaps last year, over 700 snaps last year. And he was barely fantasy relevant. He was less fantasy relevant than Justin Houston, who played fewer snaps than him. So just be careful who you listen to out there in the fantasy world. You know, you can sound as smart as you want, but make sure that these people are actually giving you the numbers, giving you what's actually underlying their thought processes. Um, in a points fashion, not mm-hmm. in a pontificating this player is good or bad at football methodology. That doesn't help me in fucking fantasy football. Not I all. know how this player scores. I know what this player is capable of doing. I know what he's capable of doing on a per snap basis, on a per week basis. I know his skill set. Am I expecting 40 tackles from this guy? Am I expecting 50, 60, 70? I have to know these things to know how to categorize them. And these people, some, some of these people just talk and talk and talk. They don't tell you anything. Right. So. That's, that's exactly it. And that's, that's, part of the problem that we're trying to stamp out amen brother amen and i mean you can take that to the bank go look it up i mean those are just the numbies all right go go look at them so justin houston's gonna be fantasy relevant this year um what else do we need to cover before we uh kind of maybe start going into our segueing into our rookie situation because we are going to talk about rookies tonight what we're expecting from the wide receivers what we're kind of thinking for the quarterbacks running back situations as well as the defense there have been some developments um you know the thought pieces are coming out but the camp notebooks are out too and people are seeing things and they're letting us know what's up so um any other camp stuff that came out today or the last couple of days that interest you the only one that the only other one that i saw today that interests me on defense was uh the arizona cardinals are coming up with a package where it's isaiah simmons saving collins and jordan hicks all on the field at the same time which interests me from somebody who has shares of a couple of those guys. If that is a package that they're willing to actually like, try, you know, use a couple times a game, it could make them all relevant. Like all of them, you know, they could all eat, you know, as they say, it doesn't have to be one or the other as we're kind of trying to decipher right now between the three of who is the relevant one. Maybe they could all find their way into something, you know, I, I just saw, I thought I saw an interesting note about that today and yeah. thought that was something. Um, and other news, uh, if you guys have watched the channel, I put out a video a few weeks ago, also on our TikTok, kind of making fun of these the, the last Denzel Mims truthers out there. They're out there. I mean, at least they were even a month or two ago. I was kind of getting slandered for not believing and not having enough faith. And, well, the upside's there, blah, blah, blah. I even saw something the other day from somebody that I respect in the fantasy community saying he's a buy low. No, he's not. He's total fucking garbage. He will. He's nothing. He's nothing for tw- this year. No, nope. like, oh, you can't get him for a third or a fourth. Fuck, I would be so stoked to get anything for him. He's gonna be he's a waiver wire guy. I mean, yes, 100 percent Um, and he's a he's a perfect example of a late uh draft season riser last year. I didn't even hear the name of Denzel Mims until what March last year. And yeah, suddenly- I think he was hurt or something like that, which stinks because I really loved him in college. When he was at Baylor, I really enjoyed watching him play football. But yeah, when he got to the Jets. You know, maybe he needs a fresh change of scenery. I I don't know, but the, for the Jets, yeah, it's a black hole, and he's gonna get trapped outside of it. Yeah, and people, I've been seeing people. I mean, it's just people like he did okay for a rookie. No, he didn't. I mean, he did so freaking terrible. It's like what I don't understand what you're talking about. But right. I had 350 yards. You know, 23 receptions. That's good. That's like that's like less than you know. He played 11 games. That's like two a game. Not good. There's some there's some guys headed there this year for wide receivers, and I Amen. think 
people need to pay attention. Brace, getting, them, brace we're, themselves. We're getting to it. We're going to get. No, to I know. It. I'm yeah. just saying, people need to brace themselves because there's Denzel Mims this year too. Oh, there's more Denzel Mimses. Ooh, I always love me a good old Denzel Mimsy. Um, all right, let me see. If there's anything else super important? Um, you know, your typical Sammy Watkins looking great in camp reports are coming out. Um, yeah, I saw that. That was what great. Are we, what, what are you going to do, you know? Um, well, week one, he will put up like 54 points, and everybody will think he's the GOAT, and then he won't have another game like that the rest of the season. So, Jalen Rager uh, failing his physical good times nerve-wracking he should I mean, be the wider he should be the wide receiver too on that team so it's a little uh you don't know you don't normally see wide receivers fail their physicals that's usually like an o-lineman d-lineman thing yeah. so you know a little concerning but whatever you know he'll get there he'll get there i, I hope yeah keep I, I, we need to talk after this because i have two dynasty rosters and leagues i'm in with you and mm-hmm. that's the attitude you have. We need to we need to have some dialogue. Oh, I here. do not want a piece of this. Oh, so. here it comes. The truth. The truth. Unless, unless they have Deshaun Watson, which is the big rumor, um, I will not be having any piece of this Philly offense. Nice, nice. Um, you know, I'm just kind of just scrolling through some of the other headlines. Cleveland Farrell, notorious top five waste of a pick by the Raiders. Hundred percent. But they look like he's going to be able to get playing time really now. Yannick and Max Crosby are both head and shoulders better than he is. Um, yeah. So, all right. That's pretty much everything news-wise, camp-wise. Guys, if you are in the chat, in the comments, you know, if you guys have anything you want to talk about, let us know. We will listen and we will participate with you. But for now, I guess we are going to jump into the rookies. So you, we'll, we'll just start with the, the wide receivers because that's probably going to be where the most fantasy relevance is going to be this year as far as breadth and depth of the position. So um, we're going to, we're going to go dynam diamond mining tonight. That's what we're going to do here. Yes. All right. Mining for diamonds. Okay. Well, I got a question about a guy that looks like he might be a diamond in the rough and that is Terrence Marshall. Um, Okay. I, I caught a little flack on social media yesterday when I, I listed him as a follower in camp. And I want everyone to know that it is not because of Terrence or Terrence Marshall that I believe that it is Sam Darnold. That is the problem there. They have multiple, they have too many mouths to feed at the top. They have Christian McCaffrey. Who's going to demand a lot of, uh, a lot of targets. They're going to have DJ Moore, and they're going to have Robbie Anderson, all demanding targets there. And then you're going to have Terrace Marshall and Terrace Marshall, I think could hop over Robbie Anderson, but he's not hopping DJ Moore, and he's not hopping Christian McCaffrey. And I don't know if you've seen Sam Darnold play over the last couple of years, but it's not, it's left something to be desired. And I just hope that they can figure something out for that offense. But until I see it from Sammy D, I am not going to believe in them. Ooh, that hurts because I am a I'm a heavy investor in DJ Moore, and I do have. Several shares of Terrence Marshall, and I, I I liked what I saw. Very little minimal amounts I watched of college football. Well, here's the third about him too. Here's the thing. Here's why you should be excited. Robbie Anderson's front contract's up after this year. Terrence Marshall is right there, ready to go, and he is going to get that opportunity. So for a dynasty stash, perfect. I'm just saying for this year redraft, I would hamper expectations. It, I I if there's an injury to either DJ Moore or to Robbie Anderson. That, you know, as soon as the, if the opportunity knocks, he will answer, and that is that's what you need. 
from a dynasty asset, especially, and then from a late round guy like Terrace Marshall, who's going currently, I think, in the 13th round, um, about about that way. He's like wide receiver 67. Um, that's that's probably a little, you know, 13th round, you're kind of going for flyers anyway a little bit, but like. I, yeah, I mean, 13th round, come on. Right, I'm probably not taking somebody I plan on starting there anyway, but. You may never see your starting roster. I would, I don't know, I would just, I think I would be looking for other pieces. If it was me in redraft for Dynasty, go buy it right now, because if he has a bad year, he's going to be cheap, and you're going to have a ton of shares next year. Nice, nice. Um, You know, as far as rookie wide receivers, we're bearish on him for this year. Bullish on for this season. My, like, number one guy that I'm kind of thinking is going to be that guy this year is either Jamar Chase or Elijah Moore. I feel like Elijah Moore, everything I've been seeing in camp, all the, the beat reporters and everything says that the Zach – I mean, he and Zach, uh, Zach Wilson have already been practicing together, building rapport, and apparently they already like they mesh. Like, it's just already happening. And if I've learned anything the last couple of years in fantasy football and leading up to the season is, you do need to pay attention to this type of stuff. Like, it's not always smoke and mirrors. When it is mostly smoke and mirrors, is certain organizations mm-hmm. and certain narratives. Like, we will give this this running back more targets, which we historically never do. That's the kind of stuff you can fade. Now, stuff you can take to the bank, in my opinion, is player X, Y, and Z looks really good playing with this. I remember, I remember listening to the Tyreek Hill reports like this three or four years ago, and being, and that's kind of why I was such an early adopter of Tyreek Hill because I really bought in. And I'm hearing the same things about Elijah Moore and Jamar Chase, and I'm curious, are they your two top rookie wide receivers? And if so, who do you think has the better twenty? 21 as far as a redraft uh, point of view so jamar chase there's no there's no reason to worry like he he's fine he's going to be fine i'm i'm a lot of what i've seen from camp so far is it seems like uh joe burrow is favoring t higgins actually over him which is a smidge interesting but i mean then again we're four days into camp everyone that i know it don't freak out john if josh was here he would be like it's camp news dude doesn't mean anything yeah i get it i get it but it seems like he's favoring T Higgins currently. And that doesn't concern me because I think Jamar Chase is going to end up being fine. I think it more bodes well for T Higgins owners that are worried that they got Jamar Chase and that he's going to be overshadowed or T Higgins is going to be overshadowed. I think you're going to be fine. I think both of them are going to be relevant. They don't really have a tight end that's going to demand a lot. So Tyler Boyd will probably work out of the slot in, in that kind of capacity. And then you've got those two on the outside. I think both of them are going to be relevant. And as far as Elijah Moore, that that is this is that is the most exciting guy for me right now because I think he's going to be the number one. I, I mean, right now it's Corey Davis, um, quote unquote, but even Corey Davis is saying Elijah Moore looks like he's NFL ready. He looks like a leader already on the field in training camp. A, a, a rookie right now is looking that way. You don't hear Harry, that kind of stuff. Terry McLaren vibes. Yes, when you hear that kind of stuff, you should perk up a little bit because that that means something mm-hmm. for for me. And so I Elijah Moore will be that's that's probably going to be one of my my top targets this year. And then right after that would be Jamar Chase, but Jamar Chase is going in the third round right now in ADP. So in redraft, yeah, that's wide receiver insane. wide receiver twenty one. He he's that's getting insane. he's getting a little high, a little high for my that's liking. Unreal. In the third so, round, there's so many guys that have already proven it exactly. Mm-hmm. That's T. Higgins is going behind him. Chase Claypool is going behind him. Like, yeah. 
that's, that's the dynasty Debbie world leaking in and <clears throat> overly 100%. influencing the early part of the season, maybe. And that's what I think it is as well. Same that same thing. Okay, cool. He seems like he's a good candidate to kind of fade right now and redraft, especially at that kind of ADP. Do you want to hear my biggest fade? Yeah. Jalen Waddle. Sell it right now. Sell everything. Do not have Jalen Waddle on his roster, on your roster. So my first major red flag is he had ankle surgery last he had an ankle injury when he was at Alabama, had ankle surgery, was able to kind of play in the national title. It was kind of weird because he was definitely still injured, but they threw him out there for a couple of plays, and they said he was going to be ready for camp. He is not ready for camp at all. There's a bunch of Dolphins-like fan sites that are like, oh, he's fine. He's had great days in camp. But all like the beat reporters are not on the same page. They they are still saying that he has ankle problems, and then two days ago at camp, he re-injured his ankle and has been limping ever since. That is a big red flag to me. I, I, I do not want him on my roster this year. And for Dynasty, uh, he is a, uh, a speedster, and you need your ankle for that. So I, I just, I don't know. It, it scares me a little bit. I, I probably would get out of the Jalen Waddle business if I was everyone right now. Yeah, I have a. I like the talent. I like the situation enough as a rookie. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not expecting much from him. Maybe a couple of pop weeks, if you know health and all that aside. Um, but apparently, this team is falling apart wide receiver wise. Looks like it. <laughs> so that's a little concerning. But eventually, somebody's got to play, and you got to pick somebody. Um, I don't know who that's going to be. I know Will Fuller's going to miss week one, mm-hmm. and then he's also a little bit hurt right now. And then Devontae Parker and Preston Williams haven't been able to. They've been on the pup list so far, so they haven't been able to practice. So maybe um, uh, be, be be aware of these situations, y'all. Um, this is – I would be looking to add Lynn Bowen, Lynn Bowden. I would be very curious about him. I have him on several teams. Uh, he was not not playable last year. There were several right. weeks that I slotted in Lynn Bowden, and I felt it was it was good. It was not a negative thing. It was a net positive. So I'll be looking for him, Miles Gaskin. This is good. This is arrows up for those guys because there's continuity there. Mike Gusecki, anyone that has any sort of continuity with this offense that is healthy is obviously is who I'm going to be looking at. Um, you know, just, team- just follow the ankle. Just follow the ankle and just you need to hear the reports of the ankle. That's literally going to be a big problem if we're in August still talking about this ankle. I mean, August starts tomorrow, but if we're still talking about it in two weeks about him limping around camp or having a boot on his foot or something, don't like that. No, do not like that. He's going in the eighth round right now, by the way. So people are excited and I just uh, need to, I think I think that we're maybe I, I'm I'm still not a big rookie wide receiver and redraft guy. Um, it's just I know that the last couple of years it's worked out, especially last year. Mm-hmm. But as much as it does hit, it doesn't. I mean, as many places as I had Claypool and you know who else Jefferson. Jefferson. I, yeah, I traded Jefferson. The, big... the only place I had him um, before the season even started. There was a, there was a Van Jefferson, a Jalen Rager, a Henry Ruggs right there next to him, you know. So yeah, I think we're all CD Lamb too. CD Lamb was good. Yeah, there's a little. I think we're all a little too bullish on rookies, but at the same time, you know, I kind of am at this point where if a rookie doesn't hit the first year in some way, shape, or form, I just like don't really believe he's going to because right. there's enough examples in the NFL of guys 
If you can, if you can do it, you can do it. Look at Justin Jefferson. Look at uh, CD Lamb. Look at T Higgins. If you're good enough, it pretty much shows up immediately in the NFL anymore. Um, that's kind of my opinion. And then on top of that, rewind a year where every mother effing analyst and commentator was like, "And all these rookies aren't going to have mini camps, and they're gonna. This is going to be the worst year of rookie production in all time." Right. It was literally the. I mean, the most pointless stupid narrative that ever existed it had it held no water it was just a talking point because that's all last season was just covid 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 that's all you talk about and it was an excuse and then when they and so many people were wrong we just never heard about it again you know we had a literally one of the best rookie wide receiver classes ever and not a motherfucking one of them played in camp Okay, but all leading up to the season, it was all doom and gloom. So if you can't do it as a rookie anymore, I don't I mean, I don't again, I'm less inclined to believe it's even possible. Well, your three stay aways for if you're not a rookie wide receiver guy are Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. All of those people are going before the 11th round. Those are your, you know, you're buying them at peak price that, that that's what you're buying. I'm more interested in the people going 11th and lower than that. Because I think that is a people person that you can get cheap that could have the upside to actually put you in a spot where you could, you know, that could be a league winner if everything shakes out right. Yeah. Um, I yeah. want your I want your Devonte Smith take because mine is I don't have him anywhere. I don't want him anywhere. Um, that's pretty much my entire thesis. That might be stupid. I know a lot of smart people like him. I've seen a lot of smart people say a lot of dumb things and be wrong a lot so i've come to learn to trust my own judgment it's you know and i just want to see Devonte smith i'm fine missing on him this year if he does hit great i'll get him next year i don't want to pay what he costs right now for that that gamble because i've drafted guys again sort of in that mold physically skill set wise the last few seasons and they have not panned out for me and i'm learning you know i mean my process is to not make the same fucking mistakes all the time no matter what the narrative is that's so. what we're all after yeah i i like Devonte smith i mean him being a, the wide receiver one for the eagles right off the bat before even getting things started is probably the like the most upsidey thing um because if he gets the chance to uh prove himself that early then you have a better chance of him hitting early because he's over Rager, and then behind him you got like Travis Fulgham and a bunch of other guys on that roster, Greg Ward Jr., people like that that have shown flashes in the past, but they're not going to start. So the only good thing is he may just be the only target, him and Godair. Uh, Dallas Godair? Goddard. Goddard. <clears throat> I don't know why I couldn't say the name. So Godair. Godair, yeah. Godair, yeah. All right, or and Zach Ertz possibly because apparently they just won't trade him. I don't understand that at all. Fair, fair, fair. All right, well, we are going to take a short break. If you all have any questions in the chat, let us know. When we get back, we are going to talk some more rookies at other positions besides the wide receivers, and then we will get you out of here, IDP Army. What's good, IDP Army? It's Jordan Reigns, and quickly I want to tell you guys today about the big project I've been working on, the Ultimate IDP Index. The Ultimate IDP Index is the number one resource for IDP fantasy football players, rookies or veterans for 2021. Inside, you're going to find contract information, tiered IDP rankings, detailed player production profiles going back to 2017, suggested trade values, and a whole lot more, including unique write-ups, 
unique videos that will only be available within the Ultimate IDP Index. But to me, probably the most valuable thing is the fact that the trade value estimation tool is going to be updated weekly. So you'll always be aware of what a player is worth in your Dynasty League at any given moment. So what are you waiting for? Sign up for the IDP Army Patreon today. Patreon.com forward slash the IDP Army. Join the Black Ops tier and join the IDP Army today. We are back. Shout out to our Patreons over there. Go to patreon.com forward slash the IDP army. Get in the Black Ops tier and get in the Ultimate IDP Index because it's a it's it's a living, breathing document. It's got everything you need to become a basically a pro at IDP just off the bat. There's no product like it in circulation. None of these other fantasy websites, um, no shade at them, but they just they just don't have what we've got over here. Straight up and down, I promise you that. Um, and in season, it's going to be it's going to be maintained and curated a different type of way. I've got all kinds of stuff I'm adding to it. Um, I'll give you guys just a little a little teaser of some of the things that are going to come um, in season. There's going to be a green dot uh, area where you will see which players are, are wearing the green dot are going to be on the field. The most likely calling the plays. There is going to be a matchup rating system in there um, that I will be curating every week. It won't be necessarily for every single player, every single matchup, but where I feel that there are super positives or super negatives, you will know uh, the strength of that schedule, the strength of that matchup. Um, uh, the other thing there'll be, I'll tell you, there'll be a start sit. There's going to be a start sit every week. So I won't necessarily tell you every single player that's in there if I just are a start or a sit, but if someone is in uh, what I think is a sit, they're going to be labeled that way every single week a start they'll be like that so you won't even have to necessarily you know come to me for this information it's going to be curated right there in real time you know i got a computer here i got a computer here i got my phone right here i'm constantly updating the index in real time as things happen you know embedding tweets embedding videos i mean literally it changes every day it gets more and more and more valuable to the people that have it and i promise you guys the idp army is going to go out and represent big time this year we're going to win a lot of people a lot of championships so don't fuck around. Go over there. You know, it's cheap. I think it's what is like 10, 13 bucks a month right now. You can get the index. Um, and that's a fucking deal. If you know, if you play in money leagues, you play in five, six money leagues. I mean, if we can help you win, I mean, that's what it's all about. And that's what I want to do. And it really came down to when I built this. It's something that, again, it doesn't exist. It didn't exist. I said, what will help me in fantasy football with my weekly research, with my in-season research? You know, it's 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 amazing. The guys in the, the Discord will tell you all about it. Billy's on it. I mean, it's dope, right? Yep, it is very dope. Very dope. Get a lot, very get a lot, get a lot of usage out of it. Believe me, it, it's a very good tool because you know when you see a ranking on a website over another ranking, you don't really understand why. Don't really understand what you know why that person's ranked where, and this will actually help you help explain what that person's good at and what you can look for. So I think it's a very good, useful tool. Yep. Yep. And so do about 50, 60 other people. So, um, yeah, you guys get in there. All right. We got two more wide receivers to cover. Billy, I'm just going to turn it over to you. Cover the wide That's receivers. That's fine. I will. All right. First one is Amon Ross St. Brown, the sun god, as they're calling him. Um, I, I listened to your Detroit preview. You uh, you were hating on him quite a bit. Uh, why, why do you? Hey. Yeah, well, okay, maybe you just weren't in favor of him. So what what was your reasoning about that again? I forgot. 
Uh, I mean, I don't know a lot about him. Um, he is on Detroit, so I don't know if there's going to still going to be a ton of touchdown equity. They said he is going to play the slot. So, I mean, that's not an outside role. So maybe in PPR, that's good, but those aren't going to be uh, high equity targets necessarily. You know, um, I'm glad you mentioned the slot. I'm glad you mentioned the slot. Oh, are you? Let's hear why. Because Jared Goff loves the slot. Two years ago, he threw he, with a accuracy of like 78% to the slot. And that's why Cooper Cup is an, a name that you know now because of the slot. So if you're going to put him in the slot, you've got him and Hawkinson. Those are your fantasy relevant people on this team. People are going to boost up Rashad Perriman for some reason or Tyrell Williams as being the two outside guys. But Jared Goff is not a outside the you know outside thrower. I mean Robert Woods kind of transcended what he should have, but you're going to want. Amon Ross St. Brown, because in PPR, he's going to be very useful this season, especially if he can get on the same page with golf. Not really seen much about him in camp so far, but I haven't really seen much about the Lions in camp um, with, you know, man Campbell behind the uh, head coaching now. You I saw him doing, the, the burpees? I saw him doing, yeah, I saw him doing burpees on the field. I just the haven't one seen one third much. rep burpees the whole team was doing. Exactly. I saw that. I just haven't seen anything from their. Uh, from their wide receivers. And the other Actually, one I want to touch on. Okay, sorry. That was all they did practice. They just did burpees. They just did just yeah. did like a little workout and then got up. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. He seems like the kind of guy that would do that. Um, the other guy I want to talk about real quick is Deami Brown for the Washington football team. Um, he has three people ahead of him. He has Logan Thomas, well, four people if you count Antonio Gibson, but Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas, and Terry McLaurin all ahead of him. But from what I've seen in camp, and I know that you can't just take camp videos and people making highlight catches, just from what I've seen from him, it seems like the talent is going to over, like outweigh what, you know, what pecking order he has. He's going to carve out some targets, and I would not be shocked if he ends up with 70, 80 targets this season. And I think he can make the most of them. Ryan Fitzpatrick is not Alex Smith or T- Taylor Heineke. Like he can actually let the ball go down the field. And that's what Deami Brown is good at. So I think McLaurin's definitely going to love him because if McLaurin's dragging the coverage over to his side of the field, then you've got Deami Brown on the opposite side, Curtis Samuel in the slot. I think Deami Brown's got a lot of value on that other side, but I, I, I would be targeting him late in drafts I, I feel like he has potential i agree and you know C- curtis samuel hamstring issue already before training camp even starts um, that could linger and if that's the situation he could be very fantasy relevant sooner than later so i'd agree with you there um and i like him i have him in a lot of a lot, a lot of leagues i don't have him on ross st brown in hardly any league so um i'm more bullish on him than the, the former so Let's go ahead and segue over to the the offense or not the offense quarterback. So um, I'll just kind of do these guys quickly because they, sure. you know, they've been done to death in the draft process. But yes, Trevor Lawrence, I feel like he's not being talked up enough for redraft. Um, I don't know what exactly his consensus is right now, but I just don't feel like I'm getting enough Trevor Lawrence coverage, um, you know, considering how good he's supposed to be. Um I just don't hear about him enough as far as a weekly play in one quarterback redraft leagues. 
even as a streaming option. Uh, you know, we, we've seen very fantasy relevant quarterbacks the last several years here. Gardner Minshew, Blake Bortles in his in his time. Um, other guys. I don't know who these other guys were, but there have been people. Um, and Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be that guy. So I think that he's a little bit underrated as a sneaky low end quarterback one. Um, Zach Wilson, I think he's probably going to stay in that quarterback two area. Um, just because I don't know that he necessarily has the offensive pieces around him, um, the way that the, the 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 Jacksonville Jaguars do, and then Justin Fields. My Justin Fields take is: I honestly think that Andy Dalton is going to be more troublesome than people wanted to be this year. He was four and five with the Cowboys last year. Cowboys don't have a defense. Okay, now he's on a team with one of the better defenses in the NFL. Uh, they got a pretty cush ish start to the season. Um, and I don't see, and we've just seen, we've just seen Matt Nagy ride it out mm-hmm. with Trubisky and with who was the other guy, uh, Foles. I mean, Andy Dalton's head shoulders over both those guys. Um, so he is, he is okay. He is. Head and shoulders. Oh, okay. I don't know least, about all that. He's at, least, okay. he's at least ahead above them. Okay. And maybe. Maybe Justin I just feel like Fields. the Dallas Cowboys been a, would have been a lot better last year, right? Like then if if he was head well, and shoulders I mean, he, better. Like I mean, Dak only won like one game. He played. Well, yeah, five. it was. But the offense also looked bad after Dak went down. Like it was the offense the and offense defense looked bad. Defense looked bad. They still won four games. I'm just saying, Andy Dalton. The way people talk about him, he didn't win a fucking game last year. You go look. He had one of his best completion percentage of his career. He was basically right on par for the course as far as his yards or, or per target or whatever. Um, his quarterback rating was pretty decent. Now, he did have good talent there. But, again, this was a, a dysfunctional team in both sides of the ball, as you just said, and they won four games. So, Andy Dalton, I think, is being underrated, and I think he's going to throw a wrench in a lot of people's Justin Fields shares this year. Um, and then Trey Lance, the word on the street is Jimmy's our starter. I hate that. Uh, I hate it so much because Trey Lance is definitively, I think, better. I mean, Jimmy G, there's nothing to really see there. Jimmy G is not as good, in my opinion, as probably Andy Dalton is, but I'll probably get into trouble for that one with comments. Um, but in trouble in here. Well, where, where is this love for Andy Dalton coming from? I like, don't, I don't love Andy Dalton, but I don't understand the absolute hatred for him. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. I guess so. God, like I would say, him and Jimmy Garoppolo are probably probably the same tier. I would see Jimmy's better than him, but that's just me. Well, I don't know. Jimmy Garoppolo's got some problems. (laughs) Um, But anyway, it doesn't make sense to me that they would draft Trey Lance number three overall. You have to think that they want to install an offense based around his skill set, which is hundred percent not. Jimmy Garoppolo skill set. So it really bothers me to think that Kyle Shanahan, who's supposed to be smart, is going to waste a year implementing this system or running his old system. Like, how do you teach your quarterback? Okay, next year this guy's 100% gone, and all these same people are going to be here, but we're going to play different than we're playing this year, even though you're here and he's leaving. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I have to believe that they're going to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo at some point during this camp season. I just have to, I just I just I just have to believe that because I don't so I don't think so because they wouldn't really? have they wouldn't have let their uh their other quarterback walk if they were they cuz they need a backup basically. So they got to keep I mean I know Jimmy G's not going to be happy about it. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be pumped on the bench and he probably will just write it out, but I, I think they're just going to let Jimmy G go until it's not working anymore. 
and then they'll slot Trey Lance in because they, they this is a roster that could make a Super Bowl. It could. I mean, it did two years ago. Yeah, and in spite of Jimmy G. Well, I know, but I'm saying like if if Jimmy G can do that again, I mean, why not just leave him in there until he can? I mean, they were going to beat the Chiefs in that fourth quarter, and then a miracle happened. This is the part where uh, in Arrested Development, the guy comes in and says, it turns out Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't. Hey, I'm not saying he's a good quarterback. I'm saying he was like, what, 10 minutes away from beating the Chiefs that year? Like, I don't don't know. He he couldn't complete the throws that mattered. When it came down to it, he couldn't do it. He doesn't have what it takes. He's a system quarterback. He's just. I mean, I'm he's not literally... saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying that they will not take him out if they're like six and zero. They're not going to put Trey Lance in for no reason. There's no reason True. to do that. And the scary part is they could be six and zero because their schedule so buttery. Yeah, I, I'm. I that's the thing I, I don't understand. I get what you're saying, but I'm saying that Kyle Shanahan's not going to take him out if they're six and zero. Fair, um, but the thing is, if they're not six and zero. You're right. We will definitively know that it's Jimmy Garoppolo's fault because everybody else is pretty much tightened up. Right. Um, can, I go back, can I go back to your Bears take real quick? Just for yeah, because I figure I'm probably going to get ripped apart for this one, but go ahead. No, Justin Fields will be in in week two. The Bears play the Rams week one. Andy Dalton's not going to look good in that game. It's not we'll going see. to be. A, he's going to get snapped in half like a folding chair. When Aaron Dal- Aaron Donald and the boys go and take him down. Who are the boys? Tell me about the boys. <laughs> They're secondary. Boys. What, who, who, who? Aaron, all the, uh, I don't know, Jalen Ramsey? Yeah, exactly. That's it. All the boys. All the boys. <laughs> Give me a break. So you think the Rams have a bad defense now? Is that what this is? No, I, I didn't say that. I'm just saying again. Here's this narrative where Andy I love. Dalton, I love this take that Andy Dalton's going to outsmart the, the Rams. Game, Andy Dalton is just throwing interceptions, screaming, running around for his life because guess what? Ooh, Aaron Dalton, both part of the NFL's playing against him. <laughs> you don't think they are going to prepare for that? <laughs> you don't think Andy Dalton's been in the league seven, eight, nine years? He's played against yeah, Aaron Donald. How many? He's times? never won a playoff He's not game. Scared of Aaron Donald? Get out of here. Well, as soon as he wins a playoff game, we'll talk about it. But Andy Dalton, I believe in you. Wow. This is the weirdest hill to die on right here. I, I'm not I cannot dying on it. <laughs> I cannot believe we've made it to this point in time. But yeah, if if Nagy, if if here's the thing, if Justin Fields isn't in about midway through the season, there's no way Nagy is keeping his job because that team's not gonna be good. They gotta get him in there and they gotta get him playing. If they're just middling three and four with Andy Dalton. Like that, Nagy can only have so many chances here. Like that's the thing. So he's gonna be fighting for his job. Yeah, I mean, I and I know it's your opinion, but your opinion's wrong. Yo, you don't even know what stupid is. It's about to get all stupid up in here. I can't believe that was playing our Andy Dalton take, and I'm the one that's getting that because of that. This is ridiculous. Okay, in all seriousness, guys, all I'm saying, this is all I'm saying, Andy Dalton is not as bad as you've been the mainstream media leads you to believe. That's it. I'll stop right there. That's all I'm going to get across. Okay, you're QB1 this year, Andy Dalton, apparently. Didn't say that. Okay, yeah. Okay, is he top 20? Is he in your 20 quarterbacks? 
Like two uh, two if QB. He plays all eighteen. If he if I knew he was a starter, all all yeah. Superflex leaves. You one of your targets. You're you're going after him. As I have him in several superflex leagues. Yes, he is. You're not. You're, there's no way you're excited about that. Okay, there's here's no a, here's a question. Dynasty league. Carson Wentz, Andy Dalton. Who would you rather have for the rest of forever? Carson Wentz. Really? Yeah. What are, like what are we talking about here? I mean, he's got an injury now, so maybe that I don't you know. I'll have to see how bad that is because he's got to get an MRI. But no, in Nagy's system, like I I see in our chat, he needs a Nagy needs a court, a mobile quarterback. That's exactly it. That's exactly right. I just think that's interesting because you know Andy Dalton has been a starter in the NFL for well, ten years, basically nine years, um, and you would rather not have him over Carson Wentz, a guy who looks like he's on the way out of the NFL. Andy Dalton um, should be out. That's the thing. Curious. Andy Dalton was a backup in Dallas. Like, he wasn't playing. No, you're right. You're right. But that's because yeah, – Like, right. what are we talking about? <laughs> I cannot All believe right. this This is where we're at. Yeah, right this, is the, this. this is – all right, let me let me move back to let me move back to two ago to Trevor Lawrence. Um, Why did QB one's a little strong, right? Like QB one. Think a back end QB one is possible. I think that a team with all new players on it is not going to produce a QB one. No. Look! Look at the other than other than Lavis. Okay. LaVisca's Other than Chark and Lavisca Chenault, and if you want to count James Robinson, they've they've only been there a year. So it's if other than I Chark. Want, shots fired. If I want to count James Robinson, yeah, Lavisca Chenault and James Robinson have only been there one year, and Marvin Jones and Travis Etienne. This will be their first year. So with Trevor Lawrence being there for the first year, and then whatever tight end they want to throw out there, it could be Tebow. We don't know. It's going to be their first year. I, I, it's too much new. New is not always better in this case. I, I think it's good. There's going to be some growing pains, and it's going to take a minute to get going. Will he eventually? Probably, but I, I don't. I. QB one might be a little strong. I think he's like probably 18, 17, 18. That's probably peak Trevor Lawrence. All right. That's, that's the Trevor Lawrence take any of the other quarterbacks you want to hit on before we jump into the, I don't, I like, I like Zach Wilson, but I, I, the jets have burned me so many times. I need to see it before I believe it. I got, I'll give you my quick rookie running back uh, takes one. Najee Harris. Yep. Najee Harris is going to be a, probably a running back one. I think it's kind of funny that his ADP is like in the back of the second round, but you look back at other first round rookie running backs. Now, granted, these guys were much higher drafted. That's what I was, I was about to say that, but keep you, going. But, but you still look at Zeke and Fournette. They were top five picks in redraft mm-hmm. that year. Najee Harris is just as, not, not, maybe not just as skilled, but he is basically, he's the top guy in this class, and you can get him at the back of the second. Just in a year-over-year comparison, that's a good deal. It was so a I bad running back class. I, I hate to tell you that. Yeah, but I still he was in a in a good running back class. Najee Harris still would have been a good running back, I think. Probably. Uh, I don't, I don't want that against. Him. I do. I do not want him in redraft. That O line really? scares me, and they've already started hedging their bets, saying there's going to be growing pains. 
He's gonna. He doesn't. Who cares? With I think he's gonna get three hundred and fifty touches, and I don't care what his O line's like. The only thing that he's got going for him is that he is stronger than the defensive line. Some defensive linemen. That like that's the only thing I've seen good from camp is that the O line's so bad that he has just had to go straight up against D linemen, and he's been he's had a chance. So that yeah, that's the only thing that I'm I'm excited to see about for him. But the just the O line just scares the shit out of me. So. Yeah, my second take is that Trey Sermon is the RB two in twenty twenty one from this class. Um, if you go back and look at what Shanahan has done when he has had his guy Alfred Morris, Devontae Freeman, and Carlos Hyde are the three people I want you to look at. Jag, Jag, Jag. Okay, all three of them have been RB ones when Kyle Shanahan has had them. They were prototypical size, and he used them that way. They each got. I mean, Carlos Hyde had like seventy targets that year. Devontae Freeman had 90-some. I don't know how many Alfred Morris had, but I know he had like 1,400 rushing yards. They get rushing yards. They get targets when he has that guy. Now, the, the, the recency bias in the fantasy community, especially the fantasy analyst community, these people have been analysts for two, three years, all they see is Matt Breida, Raheem Moster. You know, they see Jeff Wilson, Jermichael Hasty. They see a fucking train wreck mess, Tevin Coleman. That's mm-hmm. what they see. They don't remember – that when Kyle Shanahan had the luxury of having a guy who could handle the workload, he gave him that workload, okay? Trey Sermon's that guy. Raheem Mostert has never – he's had one 100-yard rushing game in the NFL. He's been in the NFL five years. Guess what team he's been on for five years? The San Francisco 49ers with Kyle Shanahan. He was on two teams his rookie year, but he was on San Francisco at the end of that year. He's been there the whole time. He only got his first starts last season, okay? He's a perennial backup that was forced to play in a starter because Jarek McKinnon was coming back. <laughs> Someone in the comments said blocking. <laughs> these are just the facts, bro. Go look. And uh, uh, he made Devontae Freeman, a guy who's basically washed when he wasn't with Kyle Shanahan, VRB1, and then an RB6 the next season. In that second season when he was RB6, when Kyle Shanahan was his offensive coordinator, Tevin Coleman was RB18. That's the role that Raheem Mostert will play. He will be the Tevin Coleman to the lead back. Devontae, uh, and, and, and there's no one stopping this. Raheem Mostert is not going to stop Trey Sermon. Now, I cannot, and, and that's why he's number two for me. You look past that, Javante Williams, people are so crazy. Melvin Gordon's there. He Just don't overlook Melvin Gordon. And then you go past that, the next guy, ETN, I think he will be used. He will be fantasy relevant, but he's not going to get the workload. And we have Urban Meyer, and we just said, you said, you know, this offense, you don't have faith, you don't have faith that Trevor Lawrence is going to be a top quarterback. Then you can't believe that this offense is going to be getting near the goal line enough times for there to be enough touchdown equity unless you expect a PPR, he might be all right. ETN. He'll be all right. I'm not saying he won't be all right, but I'm saying if I'm ranking them this year, um, it's Najee Harris, and you can look at our rankings on idparmy.com. It's Najee Harris, Trey Sermon, and I think Trey Sermon has legitimate RB1 upside. I've got an RB15 right now, which is way above ECR. But, I mean, I believe strongly in this, and I'm going to put my I'm gonna put my chips down where they where they are because I believe – RB15 overall? That's that's where I've got him. Wow. Okay. His ECR is like RB37. That's – my, screen, my screen's feeling hot. A little bit. Burn it all down. This is the take that I hope, you know, it doesn't matter. No one remembers the takes you have that are good. I just know <laughs> that next year I'm going to win 15, 20 people championships off of my Raheem or off of my, um, off of my bullishness for this. And I'm going to feel good about it. You know? So, okay. So Javante's third, right? Javante would be Javante. I don't know. I honestly, I think ETM would be third and Javante would be fourth because 
I Javante might have the starting role by the end of the season. All right, give me your takes. I, I mean, I, I don't I don't really have much to go off of because like we haven't really had like a lot of like well, here's definitely uh, the quarterback situation is more of the problem there. It's not really necessarily the running backs, but um I think Melvin Gordon's good and I think Javante Williams is good. However, I think Javante Williams is going to kind of weasel his way more touches as the season goes on. It's just fair. More t- but I still don't but do you think there will be any weak you think he could eventually be take the role from Melvin Gordon. You really believe that? Yes, as the, as the starter, yes. Yeah. yes. I don't think that's going to happen. I think as long as Melvin's there, he'll be the starter. I think that Williams will be fantasy relevant, but that's my take on that situation. Well, talent, you see the problem is when talent like overweighs, you know, it's it's a optics thing. And when the, when they start looking better than the other guy, that that's going to kind of when take you over. say you keep saying when as if this has already been written down in the books that it's, it happened. Has it's, he looked better? Well, we're in training camp four days in. We, well, <laughs> we'll have to see when the, when on the, the field. Is he doesn't look better. Okay. Let's see. All right. You know, understanding for my guys, Melvin. Um, okay. So after that, you have ATN. And then are you going to go Michael Carter no after that? Just intrigue? I don't have any Michael Carter shares. He might uh, be the starter there. That's the only thing. I mean, I. Yeah. He could be fancy relevant if that situation big is. It's kind of the Jets' offense everything's new i just i try to stay away from that stuff that's just i like things that i kind of know and can see uh, the, the path of what's happened before and you know history repeats itself and yeah. jets running backs haven't been fantasy even the starters haven't been fancy relevant hardly the past five years isaiah crowell i mean that's like the last one that was really really relevant right oh, I mean, that's been like five years ago you're not wrong about it i think that that's that's exactly that's exactly how it's going to shake out no but you can't trust a jets running back but then again, new coaching staff, so we'll see. I wouldn't go for him, but I mean, somebody will. Yeah, there's an, there's a, there's eleven idiots in every league. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, uh, we've spent almost an hour talking just offense. Shame on us. What well, we have talked a little defense, but let's let's dive into some of these defensive rookies real quick. Um, sure. I'm just gonna hit you with kind of the the highlights that I've seen from camp. The main guys I've Talk heard about my boy, from- my boy. I don't know who your boy is. Jamin Davis has been getting a lot of gas. Okay? That's him. That your boy? That's okay. him. He's been getting a lot of gas. Um, we know that Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera are both linebacker linebackers in the NFL. They're linebacker coaches. They're, they're, they're that's they drafted him in the first round. He's going to play the mic. He's going to get a starting job. It looks like they've just handed him the keys to this castle, and he seems to be absorbing it very well. They he has a very go to work mentality. There's nothing negative coming out about this guy at all. So, what am I projecting him as as for this year? Right now, um, in in the index, he's in my tier four. Uh, as far as my redraft IDP uh, uh, defensive rankings, he is currently my linebacker. Uh, give give me a second to find him. But what are your thoughts on him? He's your boy. Give us a little. Oh, tell us a little I I love Jamin Davis. He's uh, linebacker twenty seven right now for me in redraft on on the site. When I was making the little like highlight TikToks before, like watching his stuff at Kentucky, oh, loved it, loved it so much. Really hoping he was going to get into a good situation, and he fell into a perfect situation. They needed a guy like him on that team, and you know the perfect marriage, perfect marriage. Loved it, guy. I'm going to get as many shares as I can this year. 
Amen, brother. Linebacker 20, uh, 27 for me. He's going to get bumped up a little bit. Um, and the thing you love about him, especially in the situation, like you said, is I call them de de disruptive defenses. Defenses with guys that are very skilled, interior, exterior, outside, all of it, they feed each other, okay? You know, somebody's pressure begats somebody else's sack, you know, which begats somebody else's forced fumble, which begats somebody else's fumble recovery. And that's the beauty of IDP over offense is you can end up with three, four, five different guys scoring on the same play because of the nature of the game. It's not just a horizontal line. It's a little bit more three or four dimensional. Um, and that's what I love about IDP. And this is a defense that has, they just signed Jonathan uh, Jonathan Allen, who we did not, we buried the lead there. Defensive tackle, probably one of the best in the game. If you are in a defensive tackle league, always a high tackle number guy. Mm -hmm. Four or five year, 40 million, something crazy like that. They have Montez Sweat, Chase Young, both probably going to be all pros this next year. Both top 15 defensive linemen last year. Neither of them even had double-digit sacks in their top guys in their position because of the other things they can do because they're disruptive. Montez Sweat, pass deflections, tackles for losses, forced fumbles by Chase Young. There are disruptive plays happening all over the field, and guess who gets to walk into that situation as a rookie? Jamin Davis. He gets the mm -hmm. chance to, he gets to react off of all this beautiful symphony of, of chaos that these, this team, this defense is going to put on the people. Would not shock me at all if he ends up with a touchdown this is just going to be such a disruptive defense this year. And if he plays all these snaps, you know, like I said, I'm moving him up my ranking soon. Linebacker 27 feels a little bit low to me. It's it's like learning at a prep school. Like you, you're just, you've got it. You got the best teachers around you. You got other students around you that are very smart. Like it's just, I, man. All right. All right. I, I, need to get off of this. I need to get off of this. There's some guy in the comments, Mr. The Boston Strangler. One, dude, come on. The Boston Strangler. I don't I can't I can't even put your comments up here. You've been commenting forever. I don't know what that's about. Don't be that guy. Um, two, uh, would you say the interior linemen are just fat guys who didn't move? That's not true. He's, okay. He's some a big these, Christian Barmore guy. I, I would I, like I would love to see you tell us a DeForest Buckner or Cameron Hayward. I'd love to see you tell Cameron Hayward he's a fat guy that doesn't do nothing. <laughs> I mean, he can take you up and put you through his teeth like floss, bro. Um, there's a little strangler reference for you with that floss. All right, so other defensive players, I will say I saw today Odafe away, pass rusher, um, for uh, the Ravens. Uh, they're saying that he everything he's not only the guys that everything I'm seeing and have been seeing since even before the draft is saying that the, the Ravens are very excited for him. Um, do you have any? particular thoughts i know this is a, a pass rush they just had justin houston we talked well, that, about that that's but they what, rotate that's, they i was rotate. about to say i'm i'm happy about that like i just I, i'm i'm not as excited as i was prior to the justin houston signing i just way it is hmm all right. Well, I'm a little more bullish on him just again I, it's one of that's those hey that's fine I, the ravens defense for me is just there's there's going to be fantasy relevant people and there's going to be fantasy irrelevant people and I just I hate taking chances. Yeah, I mean if you're going to take a chance, a first round draft pick with the incumbents leaving town, that's I, I'm bullish on him. I'm not saying he's going to be a redraft darling, but it wouldn't shock me if he ended up being one of the more fantasy relevant defensive linemen um, as a rookie. You know, I mean there's not really a lot to competition. It's he, Quiddy Pay, uh, Phillips, Rousseau. Anybody else in that conversation that you think, you know, besides him? No, and the problem with those guys is I, I need to see more in camp from them before I start being as bullish 
on him. I like the names. I like the fits. Just need to see more. Fair, fair. More um, side of that linebackers and some of the cornerbacks. Yeah. Uh, just a couple other guys I just want to quick, quickly hit on. Aziz Ojulari. I really like him as an edge rusher this year as a rookie with the Giants. I think he's going to get a lot of play time. Um, I think he'll easily push past six, 700 snaps, which is kind of where you start being fantasy relevant. Uh, and the Giants defense, another defense, maybe not as as disruptive as some other defenses, but they are a good defense, which means they can stop drives and which means that they do have disruptive players. Um, so that's a, that's a pop, you know, a net positive for him. Um, and last rookie that I really want to talk about, I and mean, we're probably in trouble because we didn't want to say anything about Micah Parsons. I'll defer to you if you want to say anything about him, but I think Nick Bolton, we need to be careful of. Um, not that I don't like him, but I just Kansas city linebackers. We've just seen it year over year, over year, over year where, even the ones that are relevant aren't really that relevant. Um, no matter where they were drafted, it's just not been a productive defense for linebackers for a long time. Um, and so I think it's you're playing with your life and you're playing with your season if you're going to draft him uh, as a rookie expecting much out of him. So there's a cautionary word on Nick Bolton. 100%. And, yeah, if Josh was here, that's exactly what he would be saying. He, he does not like Kansas City linebackers. And, I mean – Honestly, we still got to see what Willie Gay's got in him because I drafted him in the first round last year, right? And he hasn't even shown shown what his full capacity is. Um, but if you do want to talk about Parsons, what do you? How do you think that's going to shake out? Who's going to lose the playing time there? Oh, I think Leighton Vanderesh does. People are, see, people but like, are, I feel like go. you say that, but then things that you read. Are people people are different? Live in, uh, people live in this world. They live in this world where Leighton Vander Esch is really good at football. Like, they, and it's not a real world. That's not the real world. He's just so the fact that he was injured last year and just had, had wasn't the same. Like that that doesn't that doesn't bother you at all. That, that you're just like the same. All right, LVE's out. I'm gonna pull up uh, Leighton Vander Esch in the index because, like, gonna... I I don't have, no doubt Parsons is gonna be good. He he is. He was the best looking defensive player in this draft, and he went accordingly. Went a little late to me, honestly. I thought he was going to go earlier than that. But between Jalen Smith and LVE, I just. This I, is Leighton Vanderesh's impact plays the last three seasons. 11. That was his rookie year, the year he blew up. He only had 11 impact plays, like 160 tackles. He played, he was a very efficient tackler, but he was not actually making plays on the ball. Since then, he has had nine in the past two seasons. Yes, I know he has missed time, but he hasn't missed as much time as you think. The last two years, he's played 19 games. But you can play injured. doesn't mean you're going to play 100%. You can still be at no, like you're 75. Right. You're right. But even as a rookie, when he wasn't injured, he, again, only had 11 impact plays. That, to me, that's the differentiator between a great linebacker and just a, just a guy. Um, just guys, okay. they end up with tackles, and that's how they score. Look at Zach Cunningham, consistently low impact play numbers. Guys that are actual good football players are guys that are making plays on the ball, force fumbles, pass deflections, tackles for loss. They can read the plays. Um and you know, I just get nervous when beat writers are like, "Well, Zach Cunningham may f- be losing some of his snaps, or Jalen Smith might be losing some of his snaps." Like that kind of stuff makes me nervous. Um, there, just you can't. Like Parsons is for sure, and I it's the other two that I'm like, because I can see the Boston Strangler saying he will be starting. I agree with that. I think he's going to be starting, but the uh, the problem is I, the other two. I don't know which one is going to lose the playing time. 
and you think it's going to be LVE. I'm on the fence. I don't really know right he's now. Also, the one who hasn't been paid. LVE has not been paid. He has been injured, and he's made the least impact on the field. So to me, it's an obvious. It's 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 just reverse engineer it. Who sucks? Okay. I mean, when people I, say he's good, but again, they can't really tell you how good he is. They can't point to any specific plays, any specific moments, any specific metrics where Leighton Vanderesh is better than any any other just a Miles Jack type of guy. Which well, I mean, okay, that, here's the thing Miles though. Jack here's the thing though. Linebacker. You, you hate Fred Warner, and Fred Warner is a good linebacker. I I I I I've and I've say Fred Warner is a good linebacker. I hate Fred Warner, yes, uh, but I say he is a good linebacker. For, like for a, fantasy, I think that you're for right. For fantasy, he's a little but overrated. But for real life football. For real life, he's amazing. Yeah. I think Leighton Van Der Esch is the opposite. For real life, he's not that great. For fantasy, he's good because he gets tackles. But he's not as good as you think he is because the impact plays are not as high as they should be for a guy who plays as much as he does. And that's okay. why he's going uh-huh. to lose playing time to a to an explosive, dynamic, playmaking rookie. Well, well I mean – We'll find out. Training camp's gonna go on. I I will defer to you on this one. I, I just let's do. Uh, do, do we have a? Uh, should we do a fireball bet? If you want to do a fireball bet, I'm more than fine with that. All right, let's just make it simple. Let's just say. Well, no, let's go by who plays by the most snaps, or how are we gonna figure it out? Yeah, who plays okay. the most snaps this season between Jalen Smith and LVE? Okay, and we'll. Uh, oh, Jalen Smith. Thought we were talking Micah Parsons. Are, oh my God! Oh, no, Michael Parsons oh, is going to be on the field. Okay, even better, even better. Great, I'll take Jalen Smith all day. Michael Parsons is going to be on the field. I'm Jaylen not worried Smith. about Parsons. Okay. It's between it's between Smith and LVE. Even easier, even easier bet for me. Okay, because Jalen Smith's the one that they're saying is going to lose snaps. That's what the beat writers are saying. They, they. Oh, okay. I don't have my exact source. I've I've read they, a lot of articles. The men in the clouds. They're speaking to me. They're saying, all right, I he gets good impact plays, but he does not, you know, always impact the football quite like you think, like the real game. Mm-hmm. All right, is that our bet? That's fine with me. I will, all make right, that. Good. I will no, make don't, it. you don't have to make a big deal out of it. I'm happy for you. I'm happy you'll get a free shot up fireball at the end of the season. <laughs> okay, it's fine. No, I'm not uh, worried about Parsons, he's going to be starting. I'm fine with that. All right, any other big things I guess we could touch on? Xavier Collins, news on Collins. Oh, in Arizona. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Are you not Collins, about him? I, I'm pumped for him. There's there's uh there's com- there's stiff competition on that defense for plays. And there is, but don't you think he can overcome it? No. Do I think that Zayvon Wow, Collins you are not can, excited about this at all. And I think I'm that Zayvon Collins can overcome Isaiah Simmons, Buda Baker, uh JJ Watt, and uh the number one overall linebacker two years ago, Jordan Hicks. We were just talking about Jamin Davis being good, and he's got to overcome Cameron Curl, Landon Collins, Montez Sweat. I'm just I, okay. I'm not a I'm not a Zayvon Collins guy. Okay, uh, fair okay. enough. All right. Hey, I'm not I, saying I, he's not. I was just throwing his name out there. I was just seeing where you were feeling that. Not saying he's not going to be fancy relevant. I'm just okay. not super bullish. He's not on a lot of my teams. All right. Well, I'll, I'll move past that. What are your thoughts on the Joker, Jeremiah Osawa Koromoa? I think he's going to be fancy relevant. The Browns have been. Well, he's on the COVID list right now, so he hasn't played. Is that concerning good. to you at all? 
somewhat, especially after I hear all the people making excuses for Miles Jack or Garrett last year. Like, oh yeah, COVID. And you guys. Don't hey, that really game. it really affected some people. Like well, Cam, yeah, exactly. Cam Newton so, was not the same after he yeah, got COVID. I actually want to. I want to find a list of players that have been positively identified with COVID or have see it, like or what, the, the what the splits I just are. See, well, not even just the splits. I just want to know who they are. Um, oh, so okay. Just who keep has, in mind who has fatigue. Who okay. hasn't been vaccinated? Because I mean, they're gonna. I mean, that stuff's gonna be in season roster management big time. That was the big thing That's that true. screwed me up last year. The places I did a couple of mistakes I made on the content side anyway was especially with rankings was COVID guys. I missed a few and a few, I've had a few of my of my weekly rankings that I just didn't get to because it was just tough to keep up with. I mean, every week it was just so many guys. Some guys would be you know he may or may not come off. He has a positive. Yeah. He has some test positive thirty minutes for the game or negative or whatever. It's just like. It's a lot of juggling. So to be ahead of the curve and kind of be aware, just have a general baseline knowledge of who has and has not been vaccinated and who has and has not had COVID. Honestly, I think that should just be not a huge part of analysis. I don't like talking about it, but I think it needs to be factored in. Do you think that they're going to re- like release a list of who? No, they will. So I think been I, like... I've been thinking about just writing it down. For instance, I saw the Minnesota, the entire Minnesota Vikings uh, quarterback quarterbacks, yeah. practice today. That tells me that none of the Minnesota Vikings quarterbacks have been vaccinated. That scares me because that means if somebody, if this happens, yeah, you in can season, still get it if you're va- if you're. Well, no, because they're not coming back. If they had if they had been vaccinated, they would have been allowed to be there or whatever. With what if they tested positive for COVID? If they have or have been vaccinated, oh, the thing was they were close contacts. If you're close contact and you've been vaccinated, you can still show up. They were close contact and they weren't there today. So that no one said they have not been vaccinated, but it's reading between the lines. And I want to make that list because I I, I'm interested. You know, we know several. It definitely be good going into. Going into redraft, knowing first is Chase Young. I don't is going to be available. Good. Who's not going to be available? Who yeah. could not be available? Like who knows? Yeah, it's going to be relevant. It's going to be part of the season again. Unfortunately, from a roster management standpoint, so be aware. Uh, I want to touch on Xavier Howard. Yes, let's do it. Um, he wants out of Miami. He's one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Uh, he will go somewhere. He will play football this year. I'm curious to see where he ends up. He should be a pretty hot commodity, I would think. Yeah, I saw there was like three teams after him, right? Did you see who the rumors were, who they would be? Uh, Saints was were one of them. I knew, I know for sure. What um, about uh, Tampa Bay? Any chances he could end up in Tampa Bay? I have to look through. I would have to look through because my notes. I, I, one of the things that I know that people were talking about, or what I've heard about, is you know he has these legal troubles or whatever. Um, because of the domestic violence thing. And so, you know, as some, you know, if you're on probation, sometimes you can't leave the state or there are just certain, it's just harder to do things whenever you have legal troubles. So it made me wonder if staying in state would be a more likely scenario, which is why I thought Tampa Bay, Florida, uh, maybe Jags. I don't know. I think, just, the, I just, think the Cowboys also said they were in on them. They just got rid of Byron Jones. I, know. I don't understand them. Okay, uh, Saints, Saints Cardinals, Cowboys. That's what I. That's what I read. Steelers could use a good outside corner. I found my my note said Saints, Cardinals, and Cowboys were the three. Those would all be interesting spots for him and good spots for him to land. He's one of the best corner. He's the best corner in the league, probably or top two or three, easy. Yeah, I just the Saints are a weird team to me, but we can talk about that a different day. Yeah, they're a very odd team. Um. I don't have much more to say. Um, I just have two. Can I? Can I just you know 
dump yeah. out the rest of my notebook real quick. It's really yeah, quick. Do it. Um, Amari Rogers dynasty stash. Don't get him this year. Randall Cobb's probably going to play in that spot and Amari Rogers will learn from him, but he's probably not going to be fantasy relevant this year. I don't care what anybody says, but if Randall Cobb's there, you don't want Amari Rogers. And then Dwayne Eskridge is playing hurt right now. He's still, he's got a toe injury that he's dealing with. Um, he was a kind of a popular flyer about, you know, a couple weeks ago in off season, like random, best ball drafts i'd probably i would probably leave him alone as well and then uh rondale moore looking looking interesting definitely looking interesting we didn't even touch on him yes we didn't i i I don't have a ton of notes i just saw today like i don't know if you saw that clip of him being a dump off guy for kyler looks fast looks interesting i i definitely think he could be a guy that you know they could pass the ball underneath yeah there could be something there so Definitely might be a late round steal if he's still short. He's still five nine. So I mean, that, he hasn't grown since he got drafted. But he is stupid quick and he's good with the ball in his hands. So if they can figure out a role for him, that could be interesting. Also, did you see the note that Chase Edmonds has gained weight but also slimmed down at the same time? That's that's possible. You know how that is. Because muscle is more dense than fat, so you can become more dense and compact, slimmer, but also gain weight because you are putting on muscle mass. So it does make sense. I just thought it was a fun note. No, it is. I saw some people making fun of it. Slimmed down and he bulked up, too, at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. All right, well, y'all, thank you for joining us uh, through this show. This was a really fun one. You know, usually – it's a little bit more academic, a little bit more straightforward. It's usually just me. It's good to actually chop it up with Billy. For Billy sure. does the Offensive Points podcast, which is on the IDP Army podcast stream. Um, we appreciate that. We got some other things cooking. Billy, you want to quickly tell anyone who's still around for us what you and Joe have cooking as far as uh, some more uh, some more stuff coming. We are going to do a college football podcast. It's going to be more of like a, a, a kind of like a diary, kind of like something that you're uh, – you can check in on, you're kind of getting some notes, kind of getting prepared for your, your draft, rookie drafts next year. We're going to be talking about every week. We're just going to be kind of putting it out there, Who who's doing what, what are the risers, what are the fallers. We'll kind of keep – we'll kind of have like a list of names that we're going to look forward to, but at the same time we're going to kind of, you know, we're going to kind of see if there's anybody new who enters the mix, who enters the fold, because there's some good running backs that are coming out next year. There's some good – wide receivers coming out next year, and then the quarterback class that everybody said is going to be trash. There's going to be a trash quarterback uh, room next year. No, the quarterbacks look great next year. Spencer Rattler is going to be your QB1. He's probably going to be playing in Houston. The kid looks good. So just we're going to be we're going to be tracking it all, though. So if you, if you follow that podcast, listen in. We're not going to be talking down anybody. I'm not really. I'm going to be giving some opinions, but not a whole lot. I just want the information out there so that everybody can kind of, you know. I don't want you to be surprised when we get to the draft next year and you're like, "Who the hell is this wide receiver from where?" I, we're not going to have any of that anymore because I know nobody watches Liberty football, but there's a quarterback that's coming from Liberty this year, and I think everybody, you know, we need to be all on the same page of who this kid is when he's getting drafted in the first round. So. I think that's what we're going to be doing. So me and Joe knows nothing about college football. I know quite a bit. So we're going to kind of go back and forth. I'm going to teach him, but while teaching him, I'm going to teach the audience too. It's going to, we're all just going to have a good time. 
Yeah, watch. I mean, yeah, it'll be good to get involved in the season. This might be the first. I don't, I don't watch a lot of college football because I work on Saturdays, but I'm going to try to be abreast of it a little bit more this year so I can be a little bit more well-rounded in my opinions of guys. Yeah, it should, be, it should be like 30-minute 30 30 minute episodes. It's a little bite-sized. We're just Like I said, it's a little diary. Just kind of get everybody on the same page of knowing – yeah, of knowing who's who, what's what, who's this person. I've never heard that name before. Where did they come from? We're, yeah, we're going to help all that. Nice. And guys and gals, we also are looking at potentially in the near future adding an MMA pod. So keep your eyes and ears open for that. The IDP Army. I mean, we are part of a, a there's a bigger thing. There's bigger things happening here in the background. There's a projects and there's a business model that's been uh, in play for a couple of years and we're, we're working on building something that's hopefully going to last and hopefully make a, a lasting influence in the industry and more importantly on you and your fantasy football championships and your sports betting life in your overall enjoyment and consumption of you know football and sports the thing that we all love um so yeah i'm happy to be here doing this for you guys like this video if you are on the youtubes thumbs up um leave a comment check down in the comments there's all kinds of links for cool stuff um discounts whatever whatever so we will be back soon i'll be finishing up the 32 team series go check that out the playlist is up um i got a antonio brown video i just put up i'm gonna put that on the podcast feed as well too we got all kinds of crazy shit going on and the season hadn't even started so if you guys rock with us we're gonna win you guys some money this year we're gonna take home some belts some titles some trophies and we're gonna do it with style we ain't gonna we ain't gonna we ain't gonna apologize for let's it, win so. some money yes sir no apologies let's do it Let the rain hit the sand. Build a house on a rock, got a plan. Gotta get stocks, keep them bands. Hear the clock tick, blades on a fan. Used to be mundane on a Monday. Now you have fun day on a Sunday. Cause you're switching it up and you're living it up. You ain't getting it.